and welcome once again to the Perimeter Church Podcast. The core of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol is the transformation of a miser's heart towards generosity. We cheer the triumph of generosity in It's a Wonderful Life. Is there really that much joy in a life of generosity? Lead teacher Randy Pope continues the series Generous Living with part one of a message entitled Generous Living in the Midst of Others' Needs, which covers 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. Thank you for joining us today. We're in a series, and the series is on generosity. It's called Generous Living. We're really at the halfway point right now. Six-week series, three of which we looked at the text of 1 Timothy six seventeen through 19, a very brief text over three weeks, but important text that deals with generosity in the midst of prosperity. If you want to podcast it, get the CD, but whatever the case, I'm telling you this, it's different than what many people in churches are saying today. What does it mean to be generous in the midst of prosperity? What is the way we live among a prosperous life that God's given us? Certainly counter to what the world at large is going to say. Now we're shifting our attention. Our text is going to be in 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. In fact, you can turn there now if you'd like. I want to introduce this to you so you've got a background and understanding. We're going to be talking about generous living in the midst of others' needs. What about the people who need us around us? What does generous living look like? Now, the last three weeks, I had a summary statement that kind of summarized the principle, let's say, of what we're talking about when we're talking about generosity in the midst of prosperity. We're going to do the same thing now in the midst of others' needs, what prosperity looks like. So here's the statement that I'll give you. It kind of summarizes it. Generous living in the midst of others' needs is to live self-sacrificially while experiencing supernatural joy. Two elements you'll see in the teaching coming up out of our text. It's going to deal with self-sacrifice and supernatural joy. And how those two are to be together. So that gives you the bigger picture. Let me give you a definition of self-sacrifice. So we're on the same page there. Self-sacrifice is giving up something you love for something you love more. Now I have to be careful here because... There's a thin line that can be drawn between what is true self-sacrifice and asceticism, which is something totally different. If we just said self-sacrifice is giving up something you love, period, then we're probably talking about asceticism, which is just basically saying a discipline, a natural ability to say, okay, I'm stopping something for some cause, whatever it may be. But when we put this in the spiritual realm of God's truth of self-sacrifice... It always has to do with giving up something you love for something you love more. Now, this is the fact that we would love our God so much, we would give up time to serve people in need, resources to help people in need, whatever it may be. And we say, I do that not because I think, God, you'll love me more if I do that. That is not true. He will love us no more because of what we do. It's because of what Christ did for us that he loves us. But this love becomes so strong, we say, you know what? I don't mind giving up this and that and using my time here and doing this because I love you so much, I find it a joy and a delight to be able to do that. 
I know this, it is true that sacrifice is a barometer of one's, of one's love relationship. We know that. I know if you look at scripture, you look in the Old Testament through the New, you find out that sacrifice matters to God. It really does. I mean, he put a sacrificial system in the whole Old Testament where people would bring the best of their lambs or their, uh, their sheep. And if they didn't have the, the animals, they'd bring their produce and stuff that was very important to them. And it was hard to give up, but he loved to see his people come and offer something. Now, granted, there was another reason, and that was to point to the Christ who would be the great sacrifice and God's sacrifice for our sake. But he loved sacrifice. I mean, should we be shocked? I mean, don't you and I just love when someone sacrifices on our behalf? Carol and I went on a a trip uh, mentioned before I left that we were going on a a birthday trip for her. And she is just for the years of our marriage said, I want to go to New England. And uh, so I thought, you know, next 30 years we will. And so we waited 37 or so years. And now we're we're doing that. But she wanted to go to uh, to New England, just see the sights. Never been there before. And thought, well, let's do that. And so. And so we did. And so I wanted to be very, very special. And so it would be meaningful to her. So I said, absolutely, we go. And so what we did is I took her on a golfing trip with me to New England. <laughs> that would mean nothing, would it? Somebody asked me, said, did you take your golf clubs? I said, no, I didn't take my golf clubs. You know, I don't think it would have meant a whole lot to her. If we'd gone to New England where she wanted to go, but I'm off playing golf while she's doing the sights. Not at all. There's something in 